Welcome to Rad Reading, a bookish podcast where the R stands for Refresh and the D stands for Discover, and where we try to help you do those two things for your reading life. I'm Ronnie Lauren, a best-selling romance author who likes her reading life to be big on variety and full of complicated characters. And I'm Dawn Alexander, an indie editor who never met a whodunit she didn't want to solve or an intricate plot she didn't want to untangle. We are two very different readers, but two very good friends who love to talk books. Join us as we tackle reading roadblocks, give our best bookish tips, and of course, recommend all the great reads that have kept us turning the pages that week. Let's get started. Welcome back to Rad Reading. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Dawn. And today we have probably what's going to be a long episode, you guys. We are doing our own version of the summer reading um, list. Lots and lots of podcasts and bloggers are doing that, but we have our own list to give you with hopefully different books. Um to bring you things, but we have a long, long list. It is decidedly epic. We have a decidedly <laughs> epic summer reading list. Yes. And so before we even get started, know that you don't have to take notes. They will all be in the show notes, all the links to the books. So, cause we're going to go through some of these quickly um, because some of them we have talked about in previous episodes, but Don, do you change your reading in the summer? I know summer reading is like a big thing and that's why all the bloggers and podcasts do stuff, but some people don't change their reading in the summer. Do you find that you do? Cause I know you're not usually a seasonal reader. I always have grand plans of changing my reading in the summer mm-hmm. because I was a teacher for so long mm-hmm. and the, and for people who are teachers and wrapping up your school year, I give you the hunger Games salute. <laughs> I am with you. But those last couple of weeks of school, when you are just dragging yourself to school, trying to think of, you know, how you're going to make it through the day, it's always like, oh, in X amount of days, I'm free and I'm going to read all the books and I've got this whole list. And sometimes I did that and sometimes summer got in the way. Mm -hmm. My brain, even though I've been out of teaching for over five years now, my brain hasn't quite shifted yet. Mm-hmm. And so there's still times where my brain's like, oh, look at all the things we're going to read this summer. Look at all the summer reading guides. And then the editor side of my brain, it's like, have you looked at your schedule, woman? <laughs> exactly. Where do you think you're doing this? So I have really high hopes. Mm-hmm. Well, high hopes are good. So you never know. But and plus you have a podcast to do. So it's sort of your job to read. Yes. So I'm required. Will, yes. Um. <laughs> I am a seasonal reader. So I do feel like summer, I kind of, well, I do get excited because of all the list and, you know, I love a list. Unfortunately, I listen to so many different podcasts and follow so many bloggers that my list keeps growing each year. So like everybody comes out with their summer guide and I'm like, Ooh, and Ooh, and Ooh. And then I was just telling Dawn, I put things on the whole at on hold at the library when I read these lists or their episodes come out because I know other people are going to listen to this um, show and they're going to go put them all on hold. So I want to do it as soon as possible. Well, I did that last week and all of my holds are starting to come in at the same time. (laughs) So I have a stack of like literally 10 books, um, from the library. These are not the eBooks I got from Libby. These are just physical copies. So it's going to be interesting. I'm going to have to prioritize. (laughs) If you've seen Ghostbusters, the part where they walk into the library and there is a tower of books and it's all been stacked up. That's what's in Ronnie's office right now. But I'm excited because a lot of them are like new releases or like perfect summer books. Um, I do tend to like easier reading in the summer. I won't say it's like all light and breezy. So, you know, a summer read typically is one with like the person at the beach on the cover. And I do like those sometimes. Um, But also like really propulsive suspense or, um, a really fast moving horror story that's set in a summer kind of place that also works for me in summer because I just don't want to have to concentrate too hard. So I want something that's a real page turner that I can be next to the pool or on vacation or in an airplane or wherever, and like not be distracted, um, from the book. So something that really, really sucks me in is what I'm looking for in a summer read. So that's what we're going to start with first is kind of the easy read. So what could you read? by the pool that your kids are running around, people are shouting and you're you know, going to be able to focus on your book. So, or if you miss something in the book, it's not going to be like you've lost the whole thread of it. Um, so I'm going to go quickly through a few that I have already talked about in depth in previous episodes. So if any of these sound interesting to you and you haven't gone back, why haven't you gone back? <laughs> we have a whole list of episodes now, y'all. So this is episode 24. So you have 23 to catch up on. Um, but so I'm going to move through these really quickly. 
Um, my first is One Italian Summer by Rebecca Searle. So I talked about this one, um, that it sweeps you away to the Italian coast, really summer setting. You, know, you have beaches and all the Italian food. Um, the setup is that Katie, the main character, she loses her mom and she goes on a trip to the Amalfi coast. Um, but when she arrives, and this was a trip she was supposed to take with her mom. So she's going to go on the trip by herself. She's deep in grief. Um, but when she arrives, she runs into her mother who is alive and 30 years old. So what? happens after that is where the story goes. Um, and it's great in audio. Uh, it is narrated by Lauren Graham of the Gilmore girls. So if you want something to put in your ears while you're sitting at the pool, um, this is a perfect one and it'll make you want to go to Italy for the summer. My next one is hello sunshine um, by Laura Dave. This one has unlikable characters. Okay. So fair warning. If you have to love your characters, this is not going to be the book for you, but it is such an easy breezy page turner. It's got a really pretty summery cover. Um, it's set in Montauk in the Hamptons. So a summer location, and it's about a cooking star who's a fraud and loses everything and has to return home. So if you're looking for something that you're going to race through really quickly and not even feel like, you know, you had to put in any effort, it's like, just goes down like a smooth daiquiri, you know, by the <laughs> pool. which is what you should be having as you're sitting there <laughs> consuming these books. Absolutely. Um, if you want something steamier for your summer, um, I recommend The Roommate by Rosie Dannon. So I've talked about this one a few times, I think, but the romance um, hero is an adult film star and the heroine thinks she's moving in to be roommates with her longtime crush. But then he leaves to go on tour with his band and just like has somebody sublet his half of the house. And she ends up with the film star, the adult film star instead. Uh, but he's like really laid back, fun guy, not serious at all. And she's kind of an uptight East coast girl. So this is a California setting. So it's perfect for summer and it's, you know, fun and sexy. And, um, you know, this is not one you want to listen to out loud on audio with your children <laughs> around. <laughs> Fair warning don't, that. don't have the little kiddie pool going while you're sitting back <laughs> with your red solo cup and have this playing through the speakers. Right. Yes. Please don't do that. Um, don't want to scar any children, but um, and then my next one is The Sweet Spot by Trish Dollar. So this is a low angst romance. So if you're looking for something, you know me, I usually like deep angst in my romance. I want a really dark um, black moment and all of this. This is not that, but it is perfect. If you just like want something that you're not going to have to stress about. It's just a great, sweet love story. It's set on an island in Lake Erie with a brewery hotel being developed. Um, so I actually blurb this book, meaning, you know, the author quote on the front. And my blurb was reading the sweet spot is like wearing bunny slippers and drinking cocoa in a blanket fort with a really hot guy, the ultimate comfort read to escape into when you need a break from the world. And I stand by that. So Dawn, you have some to share with us too, huh? I do. Um, my first suggestion as something to just sit back and enjoy the ride is only a crush by Delancey Stewart. And it is new this summer. It actually comes out the day that we're recording this. And this is the second book in her Casper Ridge series, but it can absolutely be read as a standalone. There is a treasure hunt, which nice. is, I love. <laughs> There's a treasure hunt, which is going throughout the entire book series. So you might want to read the first one to get caught up on the clues, but you could absolutely read this without it. And it takes place in Colorado and they are remodeling resort. And there's a cast of like found family who's remodeling this resort. And this particular story is about um, Mateo, who is a single dad. And he is, you know, kind of grumpy. He's one of the construction guys. And this woman, her name is Annalie, but she's a former fire, fighter pilot. And her call sign was Monroe because she looks like Marilyn Monroe. Mm -hmm. And so she has trouble, people, you know, underestimate her a lot, mm -hmm. but the two of them end up having to go check out these rustic cabins that are down from the lodge and a snowstorm comes in <laughs> and things get really good from there. So, so if you need to cool off in the summer with some snow. <laughs> yes. And I will tell you, um, I was, when I was reading this, I was cold the whole time. <laughs> Because I was like, because the, the snowstorm is described very, very well. So you've got your single dad, you've got forced proximity, and it's great. And then you have the the treasure hunt too that they're finding clues through. Sure. And sometimes I do like reading an opposite season book, like in the middle of winter, reading something really beachy and summery, and in the summer when it's 
blazing hot in Texas and you can't go outside because yes. it's so hot to read something that's cold. Um, my next one I've talked about previously, it's a historical romance. It's called Lady Bridget's Diary by Maya Rodale. It's a mashup of Pride and Prejudice and Bridget Jones's Diary. Um, and the reason why I put this one on there is mainly not for a summer setting or anything like that, but I read this entire book at a NASCAR race. So I'm talking like the headset on with, you know, the race car people talking to each other and everything. My husband and son were with me, but there's a lot of downtime in a NASCAR race when they wreck and they have cautions and everything. So I would read um, while that was going on and I finished the whole book. So if I can stay focused on a book when there are literally cars crashing in front of me, (laughs) that is a good engaging book. So this is Lady Bridget's Diary by Maya Rodale. I think it is hilarious. You read this book in a NASCAR race. I can, well, I say I can picture this. It's because I got text pictures of Ronnie sitting there with her book. And so um, I also have a historical recommendation, but it's a little bit different because, you know, I know you love the historicals and I love the historicals too. I'm, I'm starting to like them, mm-hmm. but I got to have something. I need something else in there. And so my recommendation for a a historical wreck is also a time travel. And it is Her Highlander Choice by Finley Grant. And one of the Goodread reviewers summed this up best as it's Outlander meets the Hunger Games. Fun. (laughs) And I'd also throw in um, the movie Timeline, which is one of my favorite movies. If you've seen that, it's kind of I've never even heard of that. I've never even heard of that movie. I will have to educate you. Okay, I'll add it to my list. Um, Taryn Bain is a fertile woman from an infertile future. And so it starts off in the future and there's only so many women who can get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so in order to save humanity, they're sending these women back in time. Mm-hmm. And she gets sent back to 15th century Scotland to find the genetically perfect male, get pregnant and return back to the year 2352 alone. I love this blurb. Taryn's objective is clear. Her target a genetically pure male. She shouldn't care who donates the DNA, nor should she care she's deceiving Rand with hopes of which can never come true. After all, love was never part of her mission. That's a really catchy premise. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's this great, like, she has this mission and she's got to save the world, but you get all this cool pastime stuff going on. Nice. So you like mashups, historical mashups. Yes. It has to be something else. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, my next one is Maybe in Another Life by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I've recommended a lot of Taylor Jenkins Reid books. Um, I like her older stuff. I-, I like her new stuff too, but her new stuff is less easy reading, <laughs> if that makes sense to you. Her older stuff is a little bit quicker read for me. But this one is a dual narrative, like sliding door style. So you get one timeline and the other. I love that. Like for some reason, I can't figure out why I like that so much. I'm psychologically analyzing myself. (laughs) Dual dual timelines just do it for me. And also traveling back in time to fix something. So I guess I have, I must have regrets or something I don't know about. Um, But this is, if you've seen the movie Sliding Doors. So I gave this five stars. Um, I read this a long time ago, but I said it was life affirming in my reading journal. So this is the back cover copy. Um, At the age of 29, Hannah Martin has lived in six different cities and held countless meaningless jobs. On the heels of leaving yet another city, she moves back to Los Angeles and takes up residence in her best friend Gabby's guest room. Hannah goes out to a bar one night with Gabby and meets up with her high school boyfriend, Ethan. Just after midnight, Gabby asks Hannah if she's ready to go. A moment later, Ethan offers to give her a ride later if she wants to stay. Hannah hesitates. What happens if she leaves with Gabby? What happens if she leaves with Ethan? In concurrent storylines, Hannah lives out the effects of each decision, Quickly, these parallel universes develop into radically different stories with large-scale consequences for Hannah as well as the people around her. So I I just love that premise of like one decision can change your whole life. And I believe that is true um, in so many ways. So this follows if you if she stays or if she goes um, and you find out what happens. So I would call Taylor Jenkins Reed. She straddles um, women's fiction and romance. So there's usually a little bit more sadness in her books. Um, there's not always a happily ever after. So you have been warned it's not a straight up romance, but. Well, and that, that, all that concept fascinates me mm-hmm. because um, as you know, I met my husband at church. I'd been invited by a friend to go visit her church for that day. He was visiting the same church. He'd never been there before. Mm-hmm. And we met 
25 years later, you know, but we've have had conversations since then of because of everything that was going on in our lives, I wasn't planning on ever going back to that church. Mm -hmm. And if he hadn't gone there that morning, I wouldn't have been there for at least, you know, that was, if I hadn't decided to go with my friend, we probably would have never met. Yeah. No, I, I have, I think maybe that's why I'm fascinated too, is I'm similar in the sense of, yeah, I think I've mentioned, we met online, me and my husband and he had AOL, you know, back in the ancient days when it came on a disc. Right. <laughs> and so we had chatted like once just in like a chat room. I was at college and he kept my name, like my screen name, but he kind of went offline and didn't like pay attention for a long time. And then when he came back, he got the new AOL disc, but his computer was too old to take the new version. So he had to open up the old version and the old version had my screen name still saved. And he clicked it and was like, I think we talked once upon a time, but I I don't really remember. And that was March of 99, (laughs) 1999. And we're still together. So, but if that, if he had had a better computer, if, yes. if that AOL disc would have worked, my name would have been lost to the fates and we never would have gotten together. So yes, I think those little things of fate are um, big, important in your storyline. So, well, and my suggestion for this kind of ties into it. My suggestion is second chance summer by Kate Nolan. And this is a fun, like they're an adult summer camp y'all. This was so much fun. <laughs> And it's a quick kind of sweet read. There is, there are steamy scenes in it, but the romance just makes you aw because it is a woman who was in a car accident and she really kind of missed out on being a kid or being a teenager because she was really, really smart. She skipped grades. She was in this car accident. So she missed time physically recovering. And so that's why she's at this camp. Hmm. is she got her best friend and it's like, I never got to go to camp. We're going to camp. And so that's why she's at this camp. Well, she meets a guy and this isn't a spoiler. You find this out very quickly. And he's the one who sat with her at the car accident. Hmm. He, while they were cutting her out of the car, Mm -hmm. he was a um, rescue worker at the time, first responder. And he was the one like holding her hand, trying to keep her awake And he was just talking to her about anything to distract her. And he talked about this camp that he went to Mm -hmm. when he was a kid. And the week at this adult summer camp is a reunion for the other kids who went to the camp who are now adults. Plus they're bringing in new people. And he has this horribly tragic story of why he's there. Mm -hmm. And they meet and there's canoeing and yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I love the concept of an adult summer camp, you know, yes. I, w- I would do that as long as there was air conditioning in the cabin. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, absolutely. Yeah. We, we are not barbarians. No, we are not. Um, mine, the, my next one is a YA, but I think it actually kind of matches a little bit with yours, Dawn, in the sense of where the heroine's coming from. So this is Along for the Ride by Sarah Dezen. Um, it's coming of age. It's got some family drama in it. It's a great summer setting in a beach town. If you're into it, it's also a Netflix movie now, a brand new movie came out and they did a good job with the movie. I had read the book years ago, so I don't know how the movie would hold up if you read the book and then immediately watch it. But to me, I thought they did a good job. Um, But the premise is Auden, the main character, she goes to stay with her dad and his new wife the summer before college. So she's always been the A plus student. She's mature beyond her years. She's kind of just been with her mom. So she never really had a chance to be a kid and do all those fun things as a teen. So just like you were saying with the heroine in the previous book, She's just kind of always focused on school and always just, you know, kind of been very straight-laced. So um, the back cover says, nights have always been Auden's time, her chance to escape everything that's going on around her. Then she meets Eli, a fellow insomniac, and he becomes her nocturnal tour guide. Now with an endless supply of summer nights between them, almost anything can happen. So she goes to this town to stay with her dad. She's got kind of some expectations that she'll spend time with her dad, but he's a writer and he's like really busy and kind of ignores her. The stepmom is kind of like portrayed as like a trophy wife or that's what, that's what she thinks she is. And she has a new baby. So she's distracted with the baby. So Auden's kind of left on her own now. She thinks she was going to like bond with her dad. And she's just in this town with all these kids who know each other. And, you know, she's kind of doesn't quite fit in. Um, but I, I really liked kind of, they go on adventures, her and Eli, you know, at night and Um, The reason why it's called along for the ride is she's never learned to ride a bike. Like she never did the normal kid stuff. 
Yeah. And I really like how Sarah doesn't kind of twisted some stereotypes. Like the trophy wife actually isn't, you know, she's actually got substance to her that you find, you know, find out along the way and stuff. So I really liked what she did with it. Um, so it's coming of age and romance mixed in and it's not too juvenile, you know, some YA it's like too young. I feel like this is a good, you know, mix of not too old, not too young. If you like YA, um, this was a good one. So that's along for the ride by Sarah Dozen. And if you like her, she's got a big stack of summary YA books. That's like her <laughs> brand and they all have beautiful covers and Dawn, what's your next one? Well, I have to pop in and um, say on the whole, she she didn't get to be a kid and she never learned how to ride a bike. Um, So my daughter, who is now in college, we failed as parents because she never learned how to ride a bike. (laughs) She needs to go to a summer beach resort. Well, (laughs) and meet some hot guys. Well, but the reason I mentioned it and the reason I'm laughing is even the birds laughing with me is um, most people know my daughter's a theater major. She's been in several productions. And in one of the productions, she had to ride the bi- ride a bike across the stage <laughs> and they ended up having to get her a stunt double. That's like, hilarious. Another girl had to put on her costume just to ride across the stage <laughs> because it was hazardous to my daughter's health and the health of the others on the stage. <laughs> So just going to throw that out there. She, she will listen to this and not be pleased with me, but it's okay. I love you. Um, <laughs> so my, my recommendation that goes with this is you were talking about how all of this happens during the summer nights. This one is an opposite because it happens in um, Christmas time, okay. but it is the one night by Megan Quinn. And if you are familiar with Megan Quinn's current uh, list she has a book called the reunion that just came out that's really good so this is the prequel to the reunion okay and it's a prequel to one of the stories in the reunion and it is um cooper and nora's story and what i loved about it they're basically set up by his parents like he's in town visiting and his parents are like hey let's go to this bar oh look it's nora we're out and they just <laughs> abandoned him um, I listened to it on audio and it was a lot of fun. This is where I found out I am not grown up enough to listen to love scenes on audio. <laughs> yeah. But the witty banter back and forth was a lot of fun. You can tell that it's going to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, but I do have to, while I suggest this, and it's a quick, it's a novella, so it's a quick read. But while I do suggest it, I have to warn you, it is a prequel. Mm-hmm. It does not end the way you want it to end. Okay. I did not go- know that going in. <laughs> I feel other people need to be aware of that so they do not have the reaction I had. <laughs> but it is absolutely a fun ride. It's definitely worth the read. Yeah. And then you just have to go on to the reunion, right? So yes. It just, yes. yes. And you just have to keep going. Yeah. All right. My next one is... Um, Don and I were talking that this book is popping up everywhere on lists, which is funny because I put it on the list and I was like, this is an old read. So nobody's going to be talking about it. Well, I was wrong, but in case you haven't <laughs> heard about it somewhere else, um, this is Garden Spells by Sarah Addison Allen. Um, this is just a really feel good read. It has romance. It has magic. It has a little suspense. And I'm just going to read the back because this is one of those books that's like a mashup of a couple of different things and it's hard to describe. Um, so The Waverleys have always been a curious family endowed with peculiar gifts that make them outsiders even in their hometown of Bascom, North Carolina. Even their garden has a reputation famous for its feisty apple tree that bears prophetic fruit and its edible flowers imbued with special powers. Generations of Waverleys tended this garden. Their history was in the soil, but so were their futures. A successful caterer, Claire Waverly, prepares dishes made with her mystical plants from the, I'm not going to get this right, from the nasturtiums or nasturtiums? Sure, that sounds <laughs> not a, great. I'm not a gardener. Um, <laughs> that aid in keeping secrets and the pansies that make children thoughtful to the snapdragons intended to discourage the attentions of her amorous neighbor. Meanwhile, her elderly cousin, Evanel, is known for distributing unexpected gifts whose uses become un- uncannily clear. They are the last of the Waverleys, except for Claire's rebellious sister, Sydney, who fled Baskin the moment she could, abandoning Claire as her own mother had years before. When Sydney suddenly returns home with a young daughter of her own, Claire's quiet life is turned upside down along with the protective boundary she has carefully constructed around her heart. Together again in the house they grew up, Sydney takes stock of all she left behind as Claire struggles to heal the wounds of the past. And soon the sisters realize 
They must deal with the common legacy if they are ever to feel at home in Bascom or with each other. Um, so I know it's a lot to think of like, she can make food that, you know, has magical properties and things. And um, it's really subtle magic. So it's not like witches and, you know, it's not all this right. big like thing. It's, it's kind of baked in um, to the story and it feels really just it's a comforting read and it's, you know, about family. And there are other books I think that she wrote in this series. Like there's a prequel book um, that I haven't read yet, but this one, I just remember being a great summer read and um, really easy to, to flip the pages. So Dawn, you said you read this one, right? I did read that one. And I, I did the same thing. If I read it a couple of years ago and now it keeps popping up on all these lists and I was like, okay, is this a different book by the same name? And then I went and looked, I'm like, no, that's what I read. So yeah, I did read it. I remember reading it and really enjoying it. And my suggestion that goes with this one, again, it's that subtle magic. It's mm-hmm. not urban fantasy. It's not the witches and the fae and that, which I mean, hey, I totally got some of that kind of for you in a minute. <laughs> but this is Lucky Charmed by Charlotte Lovelace. And it is a small town romance. It's the second in the Charmed in Texas series. Um, I liked the first one. The first one in the series is called A Charmed Little Lie. And it's fun. It's a fake relationship trope. Mm -hmm. And so those are okay. I like a reunion romance or a second Mm -hmm. chance romance better. So I loved this one. And this is um, the story of Carmen, who is... One of those things of went off to college, she's back in her hometown. There's like the honeybee festival or something going on. Of course there is. Yeah, of course (laughs) there is. And she is a local lawyer with just the right amount of feistiness and compassion. And with the festival, there is a carnival in town. And one of the people working the carnival is a man named Sully, who is the one who broke her heart however many years ago. And Sully's this deep, broody... Sully, Sully is sullen. (laughs) Yes, Sully is sullen. And so it's them working through what happened and having their second chance of romance. But there is just a little touch of the paranormal. There's, um, it's particularly focused around one character, but there's a little touch of something is drawing them all together. I don't know if that's considered magical realism that we're talking about because the literary term for it, I think, I know Dawn's making a face, but I think that might be it where it's like subtle magic. Um, my next one has no magic, but it has a really great summary cover. I read this a couple of years ago. It's called Every Wild Heart by Meg Donahue. This is a mother-daughter story. And I remember just thinking it was full of warmth. So it was just like that kind that you like want to press your hand to your heart, you know, and just like not overly saccharine or sweet, but it reminded me of like, Gilmore girls. So that really, you know, intense relationship between a mother and daughter and how that goes. And there is a hint of romance and there's a hint of suspense. Um, I'll go over the back cover copy because I haven't talked about this one before. So um, passionate and funny radio personality, Gail Gideon is a true original. Nine years ago when Gail's husband announced that he wanted a divorce, her ensuing on-air rant propelled her local radio show into the national spotlight. Now the Gail Gideon show is beloved by millions of single women who tune in for her advice on the power of self-reinvention, but fame comes at a price. After all, what does a woman who has staked her career on being single do when she finds herself falling in love and is the person who is harassing her in increasingly troubling ways, a misguided fan or a true danger to Gail and her daughter, Nick 14 year old Nick has always felt that she pales in comparison to her vibrant outgoing mother plagued by a fear of social situations. She is most comfortable at the stable where she spends her afternoons. But when a riding accident lands Nick in the hospital, she awakens from her coma changed. Suddenly she has no fear at all. And her disconcerting behavior lands her in one risky situation after another. And no one, least of all her mother can guess what she'll do next. So if you like a story that has a couple of different threads going, so there's like suspense angle, there's should I fall in love when I have a host of show that's about single women and then dealing with this daughter who's been kind of the quiet child who all of a sudden is being wild. So this is Every Wild Heart by Meg Donahue. Well, that sounds so interesting, actually. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> um, so my suggestion for my next one is going to make you feel all warm inside, but in a completely different manner. And <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Dirty Lies by Christy Mallory. And this is the third book in the Harborview Casino series. It can absolutely be read as a standalone. The only thing from the other books is that every now and then a character makes an appearance, but This is completely a story within itself. And this is Meg Wallace and she wants to, 
According to the blurb, Meg Wallace wants two things. She wants to be present, promoted to general manager at Harborview Casino, and she wants to stay alive. And you find out Meg is actually in the witness protection program hmm. that 20 years ago, she witnessed a, a murder and her testimony put away her boyfriend who belonged to a biker gang. And she's been in the witness protection program and she thinks this is coming to an end and that she might actually be able to fall in love with somebody. And there is a guy who is a high roller at her casino that there is all sorts of chemistry there. <laughs> and so she's like, okay, I might, this might be okay. I could, I could handle this. And then literally she is walking out of a room that he is in and runs into somebody from her boyfriend's mm. past. Mm -hmm. And that's when you find out that the high roller is actually an undercover cop and he is involved with this motorcycle club and they're trying to figure out a way to take down the illegal activity. And of course she has to act like she's his girlfriend. Of course she does. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yes, lots of twists and turns, just enough for right amount of suspense and super hot guy on a motorcycle. <laughs> I'm fond of those. <laughs> so, all right. And that actually transitions us into our next category. Cause that one has a little suspense mixed in. Um, sometimes you've read enough happy light summary books, and sometimes you need a little darkness in your, you know, summer reading. So, um, for those of you who like reading that dark suspense or a horror novel by the pool, um, and getting looks from other people of like, why is she reading that, <laughs> you know, that next <laughs> to the pool with that scary cover? Um, we have some options for that. So I have a few um, I've talked about before, and then I think some new ones too, and Dawn has some as well. So my first one is Good Neighbors by Sarah Langan. And this one actually has kind of a summary looking cover. It's got a picture of a neighborhood, but this is a quiet horror novel about what can happen in a clicky, seemingly pristine neighborhood. So a new family moves in um, to the neighborhood and they're kind of not quite accepted into this kind of established neighborhood. And then a sinkhole opens up in the middle of the neighborhood. And one of the children of like the, the, the neighborhood's queen bee falls in and people start blaming each other for things. And it sounds like suspense a little bit or like, you know, little fires everywhere or something. Um, but this one actually feels more like horror when you're reading it, but don't expect like explosions and monsters and things. It's just like quiet, like creeping horror of like, how horrible people can be to each other too, but that's Good Neighbors by Sarah Langan. Well, and a sinkhole is just terrifying, right? Those just, we, we live in tornado land. Mm -hmm. Give me a good old fashioned tornado any day. I can see it coming. I know all the signs. I know, what do you do when the earth just opens up and starts swallowing stuff, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm not here for that. I'm not here for the tornadoes either, for the record. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can keep the tornadoes too. So my suggestion for this is The Survivors by Jane Harper. We all know I'm a Jane Harper fan. Mm -hmm. She has a new book coming out. It doesn't come out until January of next year. Ugh. And I'm just going to apologize right now for the person I'm going to turn into in January of next year <laughs> when I finally get that book. But her writing is always super atmospheric. Mm -hmm. And she, her books are set in Australia. So this is set in a coastal town in Australia, which is completely different from our coastal towns. And this is about Kieran and the blurb on it is Kieran Elliott's life changed forever on the day of reckless mistake led to devastating consequences. He's visiting home when a body is discovered on the beach, long held secrets threaten to emerge a sunken wreck, a missing girl and questions that have never washed away. So it's a very atmospheric mystery and it, what I enjoyed most about it is there's several times I was like, oh, I've totally got this figured out and I was wrong. And I love it when I'm wrong. I love it when I'm wrong and the author has played fair. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So, so yes, I loved it that I was like, oh, and then of course I did figure it out right when she wants the reader to figure it out. Sure. Mm -hmm. Then I did figure it out. And then I got to have the tension of don't go in there. And <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. And her books have really pretty covers. Usually they're the covers yes. like match the atmospheric-ness in the inside. Um, this one is dark and broody looking. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, my next one is a YA suspense. So this is a good girl's guide to murder by Holly Jackson. Um, it's a YA mystery. So for those of you who like me um, love a true crime podcast, 
She is doing a true crime podcast for her senior project. And if you are a true crime podcast listener, you have probably listened to Serial um, because that was one of the first. And if you haven't, why haven't you listened to Serial? But this is very heavily influenced by Serial. So she's, you know, she thinks the person that's in jail for the crime is not the person who should be in there. And so she's going to investigate. Very, very propulsive. Um, It is a series but you can just read the first one. The second one came out a while after. I haven't read it yet. I I own it, but haven't read it. But if you're looking for something really quick and you like YA um, and you like kind of that true crime podcast vibe, that is um, a really good one to pick up. So, And this one, I just didn't know where to fit it in. So we just stuck it here with your true crime podcast because you know, if I'm recommending a reading guide, you know, the Omega verse is going to come up somewhere. I've got to, I've got to have my aliens or something in there. So this is my... You want something completely different, dark romance suggestion, and it is Princess Claimed by Allison Ames, and it is an Omegaverse, which I've talked about before, that it's a set in a, this one is actually set like in a completely different world. There's, it's on a different planet, in a different universe, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but the idea is that there are certain females who can get pregnant by alpha males and then there's just regular beta people wandering around. So this is a novella. It is connected to the Ruthless Warlord series, but again, you don't need to read any of that. It's one of those, a couple of the characters make cameos. Most of this takes place in a forced proximity setting anyway. And as I said, this is a novella. It's a grumpy sunshine. She is a princess who literally falls from the sky because <laughs> she's fleeing from something and lands in this guy's world. And he's very grumpy and very not in the mood to have a princess falling from the sky. But it's an Omega verse. So when they touch, like, oh, the sparks and faded mates, and mm-hmm. it's awesome. Uh, this for now is being published in an anthology called claimed among the stars and the proceeds of the anthology benefit the national women's coalition against violence and exploitation, which serves women and children in the United States and abroad. So for right now, this is published in an anthology. The anthology releases July 26th. And then later this will be published on its own. My next one, I believe I talked about this in our horror episode, but Um, It is the Southern Book Club Guide um, to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. So if you've read Grady Hendrix um, before, or if you haven't, um, be warned, his books are are horror. We hate saying that word on this this podcast (laughs) every time it sounds weird, but um, they have a lot of humor and a lot of snark in them, but don't let that fool you. So like when you read the descriptions and you're like, oh, this is going to be funny horror. No, it's like really horror. So there is funny stuff but it is gory and it's legitimately a horror novel. So if you're not into that, don't read that. Um, But on the back cover, it's fried green tomatoes and steel magnolias meets Dracula in the Southern flavored supernatural thriller set in the nineties about a women's book club that must protect its suburban community from a mysterious and handsome stranger who turns out to be a blood sucking fiend. So picture, you know, your mom's Southern book club and some new dude joins it and he's a little suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) and these ladies decide that they ain't gonna let that slide so yes they're gonna try to slay vampires um but really fun but also scary so it's definitely a page turner and um one that you won't be able to put down so see that sounds like so much fun no dawn no you can't read it (laughs) but i was gonna say but i know it's on the no dawn list because it sounds fun but it also sounds like something where i would be texting you at three in the morning and be like well i'm awake now you have to be too right you'll be real mad at me yeah no not not passing that one along to you i'm sorry maybe if they make a movie and you could kind of close your eyes and you know the scary yeah i could peek through yeah so i kind of went with it's not horror but the urban fantasy style because I just read this and I had so much fun with it. It is The Dragon of New Orleans by Genevieve Jack. And it's a dragon. I mean, really, do you need to know anything else? There's a dragon. (laughs) It's a hot dude who changes into a dragon in New Orleans. What else do you need? But it is the story of Raven 
Raven is dying of cancer. And I do want to give a little bit of a content warning because for the very first chapter, she is legit dying and you were experiencing that with her and it's, it's a little rough. And then Gabriel shows up and Gabriel is the dragon and he shows up and feeds her his tooth, which kind of freaked me out because as Ronnie knows, teeth are not my thing, but we moved past that because the dragon and he is i should say he's a shifter so he presents as a human right and then <laughs> randomly like grows talons she's not falling in love with the big guy with the tail. Right. <laughs> he's not sitting at the end of her bed breathing fire on her as she's dying of cancer but he presents as a human and he has been cursed because he didn't want to sleep with the sorceress and it upset her. She took issue with that. So now he's cursed and he has to find a solution to this curse very, very soon, or he's going to turn to stone. There's some voodoo. There's a little bit of realm traveling because they go from our world to another world. There's some super, super sexy scenes and it's a dragon. (laughs) That's all you need. My next one has no dragon, sadly, but, um, it does have another pristine neighborhood. So this is The House Next Door by Ann Rivers Siddons. Once again, there are different covers for this book. The cover that I have looks like it'd be a summary, like, you know, women's fiction or I don't know, something read that's not horror. It is horror, um, but it's a, you know, nice little neighborhood, but this time it's a twist on a haunted house tale. So a new family moves into this cute neighborhood and there's an empty lot next to them, but then construction starts on the lot. And they're building a house. And that house seems to suck the goodness out of every person who moves in. So the story follows over time as the house is built. And then each time a new family moves in, the things that happen. So it's like the house is haunting them. And like from the inside out, if that makes sense, like it's turning people bad. Um, This was an old, I think this was written in the seventies, but it held up. I read it probably, I don't know, three, four years ago. Um, But it definitely held up over time. And uh I really liked that it was like not your traditional haunted house story where like doors are slamming and creepy things are happening. It was very insidious instead. So um, that is, and I've talked about this one, I think on our horror episode. So if you want more detail, you can go back and listen to that one. Um, But that's The House Next Door by Ann Rivers Siddons. Another book on the no dawn list. That one I'm not even tempted by. Like I don't even want to know. (laughs) Especially since we live in neighborhoods that have like empty space near us that houses can be built on yeah I'm like nope mm, not doing that so my recommendation is scarred by Emily McIntyre and I just have to say I adore Emily McIntyre her she has these great lyrical almost literary fiction feel stories but they are fractured fairy tales Hmm. and they are super super dark all the trigger warnings you could ever imagine need to be given for these And this one, Scarred, is very, very loosely intertwined with the Lion King. And so there's a king and there's his brother. And this is told from the the perspective of the brother. And you find out why the brother is the way he is. And then there's this woman who has shown up who's going to become involved. Um, She has been chosen to be the king's new wife. But she's there for her own reasons. So extremely dark. And this is the second in the series, but they are not connected at all. You don't need to read the first book at all. There's no connection whatsoever. But this one was definitely my favorite. Favorite. I liked Hooked, which was the first one. But Hooked was kind of after you got done, you're like, what did I just read? This one, you kind of get that feeling, but you're also very satisfied at the end. Yeah. So, and I did want to mention with this one, with the trigger warnings, if that's something you're concerned about, you can look at the look inside feature on Amazon and there is a link to a page that tells you all the trigger warnings if you want to check them out. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So I'm assuming Scarred is like because of Scar, the character in Lion King. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, my next one, Dawn talked about previously on an episode that she started a book, gave up and then went back to it and liked it. So this is Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. Um, this is, if anybody like, that's not a reader asked me like where to start with a book, or I need something that's really going to like be a page turner and catch me instantly. This is my go-to recommendation, like men, women, any, like, I'm like, here, just try dark matter. Um, because you can't stop turning the pages. Um, of course, Dawn put it down. So, you know, <laughs> I probably recommend well, it to her. <laughs> I 
I was at a weird point in my life when I put it down <laughs> and I only made it through like the first 20 pages or so and put it down. But then the next time I picked it up, picked it up, I absolutely could not look away from it. So I fully support this recommendation. Yeah. And so this one has a great twist. It has a love story that I really liked inside it. Um, he, Blake Crouch has a new book coming out this summer called Upgrade. It's getting all kinds of buzz, but that also means everybody's going to have it checked out at the library. <laughs> so if you haven't tried him before, start at the beginning and go to with Dark Matter. He also has a second one. I think it's called Recursion. I haven't read that one yet. Um, and you can you know have an easier time finding this one at your library. But this is the back cover. Um, are you happy in your life? Those are the last words Jason Dozen hears before the masked abductor knocks him unconscious before he awakes to find himself strapped to a gurney surrounded by strangers in hazmat suits before the man he's never met smiles down at him and says, welcome back in this world. He's woken up to Jason's life is not the one he knows. His wife is not his wife. His son was never born. And Jason is not an ordinary college physics professor, but a celebrated genius who has achieved something remarkable, something impossible. So that's all I'm going to tell you because I don't want to ruin anything, but it's sci-fi. There is a lot of science talk, but I feel like he did it in a way that I was able to follow it. Like I didn't feel lost with all the science stuff. So yeah, the uh, science isn't overwhelming. It's just enough to make your brain be like, oh, wow, this could happen. Right? <laughs> They're probably working on this in a lab somewhere right now. Right. Um, and then if you want to sink into a big book to read for the summer, because I, I sometimes do that. I'll pick like a big 800 page book and be like, this is going to be like a summertime. I can, you know, make my, make my way through it. Um, I've recommended this one before, but it's 112263 by Stephen King. It is 850 pages, but you can tackle it in a summer. I promise. Um, basically high school English teacher. Um, he finds a portal back to 1958 and decides he's going to try to prevent the JFK assassination. So that happens in 1963. So if he finds the portal in 1958, he has to go back and live in that time until you get to the assassination. This was epically good. It's Stephen King. It is not horror. So if you're afraid of horror, don't be, don't worry. This is not that. Um, I still think about this one, even though I read it nine years ago. So in my book journal, I wrote at its heart, this book is a love story, tackling the idea of soulmates and giving us the question, what if the person you were meant to be with was born in a different time? So once again, we go back to my themes of time travel and, you know, fate and all of that. But I loved, loved, loved this book. So don't be intimidated by the 850 pages. It really does read quickly. So, and I've heard it's good on audio too, but that's a long audio book. So if you yeah, got a really, like, if you got a really <laughs> long road trip <laughs> and it is husband friendly, like it's dude friendly. So if you listen to stuff with your spouse, cause I know some people do that. I do not. My husband's not a huge reader, um, but this would be one that both men and women, I think could totally get into. So. Well, mine's about time too, but it's completely different. <laughs> so my suggestion is Hard Time by Kira McKenna. And this is super sexy. It's not really a dark romance. It just has some dark themes to it. It's not the light beachy read that you would expect. And this is, she is a librarian at a prison and he is an inmate. And they start having this relationship through these letters that might as well just set themselves on fire. They are so hot. <laughs> it's like, oh my, um, you don't want your children finding those like 25 years later. That, that no. does not need to happen. But the um, cover copy on it says, when Eric begins courting Annie through letters, they embark upon a reckless secret romance, a forbidden fantasy that, ne that neither imagines could ever be real until early parole for Eric changes everything and forces them both to face the past they can't forget and a desire they can't deny. What I loved about this, other than the super hot letters, is there's serious conflict. Like when we talk about romance and we talk about what reasons why they can't be together, there's some serious mm -hmm. reasons why they can't be together. But it's a great book. It does end the way you want it to end. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I would say about it is you do want to be aware that there is domestic abuse mentioned. It's not really shown, I don't think, but it is definitely mentioned. Mm -hmm. So you want to be aware of that. Yeah. And I, I think I originally recommended this to Dawn back in the day when I read it, but Kara McKinnon can write a book and she can write some steamy love scenes. So you're in good hands. If you like a steamy romance, if you pick up a Kara McKenna book, um, what I noted in my review of it was 
loving the love letters. Like I remember loving that part. And I like an epistolary novel to begin with. So anything that has letters or emails in them, I'm usually here for. Our next section I titled in our notes, weird <laughs> categories. And Dawn put under that, these are all you, which I'm slightly insulted. <laughs> this is all Ronnie. I'm just going to sit back for a minute. Y'all enjoy talking to Ronnie. All right. So this is a strange category, but I noticed when I was going through my books and thinking what's good for summer and what I want to recommend that I have all these books set in amusement or theme parks, which always make me think of summer, but I'm like, I must have a thing for like weird amusement park stories. So most of these I've talked about before, so I'm going to go through them pretty quickly, um, but they're perfect for summer because amusement parks and Disneyland's and all these different things, that's when we go. I'd like to point out, it's not like Ronnie spends a lot of time at amusement parks. It's not like you're like, oh, we're going to Six Flags again today. Well, ironically, I actually find them kind of horrible. So maybe that's why I like <laughs> reading fiction about them because a lot of dark stuff happens in the books I'm going to suggest. So maybe I'm like, they're secretly horrible and I knew it. <laughs> Right. I am smart. Staying away. These books show it. Um, so my first one is Joyland by Stephen King. I listened to this one on audio. It was excellent on audio. Um, the back cover is set in a small town, North Carolina amusement park in 1973. Joyland tells a story of summer in which college student Devin Jones comes to work as a carny and confronts the legacy of a vicious murder, the fate of a dying child and the ways both will change his life forever. There is a dying child. So read the trigger warnings on this. Um, there is, you know, sad parts to it, but an amusement park on the beach in 1973 was such a cool setting. And Stephen King is a master at, you know, sense of place and all of that. So you really feel like you're transported. It's not horror. This isn't his hard crime series that he writes some books for. So it's more of a crime story, um, but also the relationship with the boy and everything was great. I talked about it in a previous episode, if you want to hear me, I think it's on our rad rec list too. So I talked about it a lot. My next one is Fantastic Land by Mike Bakovan. This one is brutal. So it is set in a, you assume it's like Disney World, like a huge amusement park in Florida. And a hurricane hits and they're all stranded there. All the workers who stayed behind to like keep things, you know, kind of batten down the hatchets and all that. So they're there and everybody on the outside thinks they have all the supplies they need because they stock them up with food and water and their shelter and all of that. So the park is surrounded by water. Nobody can get to them. And everybody's like, oh, they're fine in there. There's no communication. No cell phones are working. They're fine in there. We're going to go help the people that are stranded on their roofs, you know, with the water and all that. They'll be fine in the Disney world thing. Well, they're not fine because we get all (laughs) Lord of the flies (laughs) real fast. (laughs) Like the different like groups that work in the different parts. Like, so the part, the kids that work in the pirate land, like band together and the kids that work in like the fairy cat or the fairy kids area band together. And then they start like, you know, battles and murder. And it gets, as you do, really dark. (laughs) I'm not going to say this book had, like, it wasn't five stars for me. I liked the concept, but some of it was so brutal. And it was like, I don't like to believe that about humanity, that it like would go that bad that fast, um, especially if they have enough supplies. But it was a really, you know, interesting read. It was a page turner and it will definitely make me never want to be in an amusement park. If there is a storm coming, I will just leave. Yeah. So that was fantastic land. And then my next one is not an amusement park, but it's set in a zoo. This is Fierce Kingdom by Jen Phillips. The back cover is the zoo is nearly empty as Joan and her four-year-old son soak up the last few moments of playtime. They are happy and the day has been close to perfect, but what Joan sees as she hustles her son toward the exit gate minute before minutes before closing, sends her sprinting back into the zoo, her child in her arms. And for the next three hours, the entire scope of the novel, she keeps on running. Joan's intimate knowledge of her son in the zoo itself, the hidden pathways and the under renovation exhibits, the best spots on the carousel and the overstock snack machines is all that keeps them a step ahead of danger. This book is intense. Dawn, did you read this one? No, it's on my TBR list. It's actually one that I think I'm going to hit this summer. Again, high hopes. But yes, it's definitely on my list. Yeah, so I feel like it's horror in the sense, but it's it, it really bleeds into suspense too. It's really intense. Three hours is the whole book. So you're leaving with your kid and you see armed people come, coming and she goes and hides in the zoo. So, so think about hiding like near the lion cage. Mm -hmm. And like hoping the lions don't roar or like hiding in the aquarium zone. 
So it is like a white knuckle, like you're reading the whole thing. It's one that you're going to probably want to read in one sitting. I don't think it's a terribly long book, but yeah, Fierce Kingdom by Jen Phillips. And then if you want something lighter in an amusement park that is not people killing each other or, you know, any of that or ghosts or anything, um, this is Hot Dog Girl by Jennifer Dugan. It is YA. It's an LGBTQ romance. Um, the back cover is Louise Lou Parker is determined to have the absolute best, most impossibly epic summer of her life. These are just a few things standing in her way. She's landed a job at Magic Castle Playland as a giant dancing hot dog. <laughs> her crush, the dreamy diving pirate Nick, also has a girlfriend who is literally the princess of the park. But Lou's never liked anyone, guy or otherwise, this much before. And now she wants a chance at her own happily ever after. Her best friend, Celie, the carousel operator, has always been up for anything, but she's decidedly not on board when it comes to Lou's quest to set her up with the perfect girl or Lou's scheme to get close to Nick. And it turns out that this will be their last summer at Magic Castle Playland ever unless she can find a way to stop it from closing. Jennifer Dugan's sparkling debut, coming-of-age queer romance, stars a princess, a pirate, a hot dog, and the carousel operator who find love in themselves and unexpected people in unforgettable places. So this is a super cute story. It's got a like adorable cover of a girl like in a hot dog suit you know it's a it's an illustrated <laughs> cover it's all pinks and purples and stuff so if you like something light and you know the love story and it's YA and all of that um it was really cute plus I mean you can put on your reading list a uh, title hot dog girl <laughs> right yeah those I'm thinking about all of those people and we even did one I think where you do the reading challenge like bingo mm-hmm. of who has hot dog girl on that? <laughs> I mean, really, who has who has character dressed as food product right. in their little bingo box? <laughs> right. Totally. So those are our summer reading picks. Um, we gave you a long list. I hope you found something that piqued your interest and that's going to add to your stack. And you can definitely let us know if you did. Um, and then we have two bonus picks because we always have our rad reading recs of the week which if you follow us, you know, are like our best of the best that we just want to put on our permanent list of recommendations. And they may be summer reads or they may not, but um, Dom, what is your rad rec of the week? I am so excited to finally get to talk about this one. <laughs> I'm kind of cheating because I'm recommending the whole trilogy and it's the A Sinful Empire trilogy by Eva Charles. And I've mentioned a couple of the books earlier, I think, but this is greed, lust, and then the last book is envy. And now that the last book is out, I can finally talk about it. It is a dark romance. It is crime fiction. The whole thing centers around these kind of sketchy people battling back and forth for control of these vineyards. Mm -hmm. And this woman who gets caught in the middle of that battle, there is a forced marriage in it. It is awesome. Tons of trigger warnings, tons and tons of trigger warnings that if you need to know, hit me up. I will totally talk to you about it. I will say if y'all follow me on social media and I mentioned crying about fictional characters, this is what I was talking about. I was literally sitting at my desk, like ugly crying as I was trying to get through reading the last, the, um, final part of envy and get through the epilogue because the author has an amazing author's note at the end that just makes you want to go and hug her. And it's awesome. So the trilogy is a sinful empire. And this is a true trilogy. If you pick up this third book, you're not going to understand anything that's going on. So you've got to start at the beginning with greed, but it's greed, lust, and envy by Eva Charles. Nice. And I'm just going to mention before I give my rad rec that I also have a book coming out this summer with a very summary cover and a summary story. So if you would like to pick up mine, mine is called For You and No One Else. Um, and it comes out the first week of July. So I'll probably talk about it more in a future episode, but I just want to let you know, it is you know something that should be in your reading summer stack as well. Absolutely. So, <laughs> um, but my rec is also going to have trigger warnings. Um, my rad rec of the week. I just finished this last night. It is Tell Me Everything by Erica Krauss. This is what I call literary true crime um, and a memoir. So this was Erica Krauss is a private investigator and she helped with a landmark title nine case against the university of Colorado and the fo- the culture in the football program. So, and the rape culture. So there are a number of women who were raped or harassed by football recruits or members of the football team or the program, but criminal charges weren't pursued, which she goes into why um, sort of why, So a lawyer decided to bring a civil case 
with one of the victims against the university based on Title IX and creating an unsafe, unsafe environment for female students. It was unprecedented to use Title IX this way, to say that it applies to like this kind of rape culture thing. Um, and you're going to get half the true crime part and half memoir. So you're going to kind of hear a lot from the author about her own life. But the way she gets involved in this is her and the lawyer are in the bookstore and they reach for the same book at the same time. And they start talking and he tells her that he's a lawyer and that he hasn't been really happy with his job and that he's thinking about leaving and blah, blah, blah. And then he stops himself and he's like, oh my God, I have no idea why I told you all of that. Um, you can't tell anyone. Like I haven't told anybody that. <laughs> and she's like literally a stranger. And she's like, it's fine. It happens all the time. It's just my face. Like people feel like they can tell their secrets to me. And so it actually made me think of you, Dawn, because you have this thing too, that a lot of people end up like confessing things to you, like strangers confess things to you. Yes, I have, I have a friendly face and I smile a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I get to know a lot about people. I will say in more than one situation when that has happened, I have looked around and some of my friends are just gone. They have just <laughs> abandoned me with this person who is pouring out their life story. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you were meant to be a private investigator because- when she says this, when she's like, oh no, it happens all the time. It's something about my face. I'm unintimidating or, you know, people just feel comfortable talking to me. And he's like, I want to hire you. And she's like, what, for what, you know? And <laughs> he's like, I want you to help me investigate this case and be like a, a PI, like a private investigator. She has no experience. She has no background in law. Like she, I think her degree in college was something completely unrelated, but she's, you know, needs the money. She's kind of fresh out of college and, you know, okay, I'll try it. Sorry, my Leonard is chewing a frisbee next to me. So if y'all hear any like chomping, so, he's been is, so good this first ep- through this whole episode. He though. Has slept through the whole thing until the rad wreck. Now he's excited. But um, so anyway, she starts investigating this case with them. So she talks to people that were at this party that there was a party that they were bringing in football recruits. Now keep in mind, football recruits are seventeen. You guys, these were seniors in high school, and they brought they get to this party and some woman is gang raped basically and you know pretty much no consequences were given right so and then as she investigates she's finding like other people were also raped there were trainers who were raped there were and nothing has ever done and if they can prove that like the coach knew about this or high-ranking officials in the university they can try the title nine thing because a university gets public money our taxes help pay for public universities. So if that's going to to programs like this, they can use that. So it goes through a number of years of this investigation. And at the same time, you're getting interspersed the author's story. So she's a sexual abuse survivor. That's why trigger warnings for rape and sexual abuse. And she writes about her current relationship with her mother and her family who deny that a family member who she calls X throughout the book, who still lives with her mother. So you get the impression that it's either... I don't know if it's her biological father or if it's her mother's, you know, person, whoever that is, um, who did it, but he sexually abused her from ages four to like seven. And the whole family denies that it ever happened. And it's really like a cruel story that she's, she's trying to, you know, talk to her mom and all of this. So you get that part too. So it doesn't read like your typical true crime. It has a very literary slant. She's very good at describing like the setting in Colorado and like how the weather's changing and things like that. So if you're looking for something really, really fast paced, it's not quite that, but I read it really quickly. I actually listened to this one in audio. If you've read, we keep the dead close by Becky Cooper, um, which I think I mentioned in our true crime episode, it has more of that vibe than the I'll be gone in the dark vibe. So for those of you who read true crime, um, but it was propulsive and well-written and I didn't know about this case. And I actually follow college football. Like I'm, you know, a big fan of college football. So this happened back in like 2007, like in the years before that. So it was fascinating and well-written and I really, um, highly recommend it. It's all over right now. It's a brand new book. So this might be one you get, have to get on the hold list for a while, but audio was great. And it was a book of the month pick if that helps anybody as well. So that is tell me everything by Erica Krauss. So that wraps us up. And on our next episode, we have guests again. Yay. Yeah. So we're welcoming guest, um, romance author, Taylor Lunsford. She's going to be giving us some great book recs. Um, she writes rom-com and then we'll also be sharing. We decided we know a number of you out there are either writers already, or maybe you wanted to try it. 
Um, so if you have any aspirations to try to write your own stories, we decided to talk about our favorite books on writing. So we'll have some recommendations from Taylor and then we'll do um, kind of a segment of all of our favorite books on writing. And I have a lot, you guys, I am big <laughs> into the writing books. <laughs> That's what, that was another episode that could have been like three hours long because it was okay. Now we have to pick, you get right. to pick. <laughs> right. Um, so thanks for listening. Um, I hope that you have a big stack of summer reads. If you want to share your summer reads or what's on your list, find us on social media. Donworth, can they find us? We are on almost all social media as at rad reading podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. And then I am on everything as Don Alexander books. And I'm on everything as Ronnie Lauren. We tend to respond quicker on Instagram, I think, because Facebook yes. is weird about notifying us when somebody comments <laughs> on the, the Facebook page. So if you go on Facebook and leave us a comment, we'll get there. But um, sometimes Facebook is weird about letting us know. So, and you absolutely are going to need to check out our Instagram because we are posting a picture of Ronnie's Tower O books so that you know <laughs> what she was talking about. I'll have to make sure Leonard's not standing by because he could get killed by it. <laughs> so it's <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, you guys. We hope every book you pick up until we see you next time is a rad read. Bye. Bye. And it's a queet, a a queet? No, it's a... (laughs) I'm going to try that again.